Welcome. You are listening to SIB Life Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you would like to know about SIB Life, including our online service time, you can join us online at siblife.my. Good morning, Church. Welcome home. Once again, I'm so happy that you can make time to join us for our service this morning. It is great. So awesome to set aside time together with the people of God, even through online, but the Spirit of God is the same, and I believe the Holy Spirit is right there with you in your home, and He's about to do something amazing with the Word of God, open our spiritual eyes, open our hearts, and plant this powerful seed of the Word of God into our spirit, man, and I believe that it's going to impact us this morning. Amen? Now, if you're Bible with me, just turn with me to Exodus 17. We're going to continue our studies right now in the book of Exodus. I hope you have been blessed by the studies. If you do, just say amen. Type amen in the chat box. Exodus 17, verse 1 onwards. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to test? To the test. Verse 3, But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. Verse 5, The Lord answered Moses, Walk on ahead of the people, Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Now in the same place, what happened? We're going to read the next part of it. An incident happened, very powerful incident happened. In verse 8, the Amalekites came at and attacked the Israelites, Israelites at Rephidim. All right, they were at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. Verse 10, so Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Verse 11, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever the, he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, on one on one side, one on, on the other, so that his hands remained steady, till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites army with the sword. Verse 14, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. He said, For hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord. The Lord will be at war against Amalekites from generation to generation. Amen. Now, this morning, I want to speak to us winning your spiritual battles. Winning your spiritual battles. Now, anybody here wants to be a winner? You want to win spiritual battles in your life? If you, yes, 
this morning, I need you to respond to me, not just say amen. Somebody please type amen in the chat box because if you truly want to win your spiritual battle, you have to amen to the Word of God this morning even as you listen to it. All right, it's great. Everybody say, winning your spiritual battles, right? Winning my spiritual battles. Now, I like to read history, all right? I like to um, read books or materials that are kind of like old, ancient to learn just general knowledge. I like it. And one, there's one piece of writing. It's called The Art of War, written by a military strategist, uh, Sun Tzu, uh, during the 5th century BC, all right? Uh, it's actually an ancient Chinese military writings. Some of you probably heard of this before, yeah? In fact, there are movies uh, about it. And it's actually a ancient writings about military strategies and tactics. Sun Tzu is a very famous guy. Uh, in fact, one of those uh, quote that I like uh, a lot is actually is this. Victory is reserved for those who are willing to pay its price. Isn't it true? Right? Victory is reserved for those who are willing to pay its price. In fact, this piece of writing has influenced the Eastern and the Western uh, military thinking a lot in, in history. In fact, for the first 1,000 years itself, quite uh, rapidly influenced. And influenced, in fact, business tactics even until today. Um, management uh, strategies and etc. Um, yeah, this is a piece of writing, very interesting. Some of you probably will be interested to read it. You can get a lot of books uh, written uh, about the art of war. Now, what I want to speak today is also something to do with art of war, but probably it's, I call it the God's art of war, written by Moses. I was so tempted to name my sermon this morning as God's art of war. Uh, but I thought to myself, maybe it's better I name it as winning your spiritual battles because that's exactly what we are fighting, a spiritual battle, not against flesh and blood. All right. Now, so how do you then win our spiritual battles? If you say, yes, pastor, I want to win my spiritual battles. Three areas. Number one, you got to be rested in the Lord, right? Be rested in the Lord. Now, what do you mean by that? In uh, what we have read earlier, you notice that they actually camped at Rephidim, the Bible says. So God led them to this place called Rephidim. And in verse 8, another time that God intentionally have it repeated, written, the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. In other words, Rephidim is a very significant, important place, you see? Now, it is not a surprise to God that the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Like God, oh, no, oh, I'm so surprised they're they are, they are here to attack the Israelites. Of course, God knew about it. God allowed it to happen. And in fact, God intentionally uh, led the Israelites to Rephidim. And why is that important, church? Because Rephidim, the word Rephidim, name Rephidim, means rest, resting places. Notice that it's a plural, rest, resting places. In other words, lots of rest. God wants to give the Israelites lots of rest. In fact, the word Rephidim comes from the root word Rephad, which means support. And that word support, which basically the idea of the support means to spread like, like a bait. You spread it like a bait, you know? And the whole idea is to refresh, is to comfort. Can you imagine that? God brought them to Rephidim and the whole intention, God wanted them to be rested, to be refreshed, to be comforted, to, to have that rafat, and not a little bit, lots of it. 
Why? Because there's a battle that is coming. The Lord knows that there's a battle against the Amalekites that's coming. So God wants them to be at rest, rested in the Lord. Now, sadly, the people uh, were doing the opposite. All right? The Israelites were doing the opposite. And in fact, this is quite kind of like sad because after they've experienced so many miracles, which we have studied in the first 16 chapters, but they still couldn't come to that place of trusting God. Is it God brought them to a resting place? They turn it into a testing God place. The tested God. We read earlier, right? I mean, they could have asked Moses, you know, Mo, let, let's pray, you know, don't water Mo, let's pray, maybe trust God for water. That's like how he did to us at um, Mara, that's like how, you know, he did, he parted the Red Sea. And so many miracles, I think we can come to God and ask him for water. Probably they could have done that, but no, instead of being rested, they actually rattled, rattled or quarrel. Right? Rattled means like you really make a lot of uh, noises. You see, people are, who are not rested, very quickly they forget what God has done when they don't get what they want. You see, people who are not rested in their soul, very quickly they forget what God has done when they don't get what they want. You see, when our soul is not rested, church, our physical conditions can easily affect our spiritual direction. Can I repeat that for you? When we are not rested in our soul, our physical condition can easily affect our spiritual directions. So our physical conditions could be the whole COVID crisis, it could be your jobs crisis, it could be a financial crisis, it could be a health crisis, it could be a family situation that you have. That is the physical condition. And when we are not rested in our soul in the Lord, it can easily affect our spiritual direction. That's why many people are lost when so many physical crises or challenges they are facing. And oftentimes, our flesh takes over. It kicks in. That's why you look at the Israelites. They say foolish, they say foolish things. What did they say? Why did you bring us, Moses? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Can you imagine what they are saying? I mean, if not because of Moses, they would have actually died long ago. They witnessed miracles after miracles under the leadership of Moses. And now they blame it on Moses. Why are you bringing us? If, if Moses wanted to, bring, to really kill them, they would have, he would have just let them be killed by Pharaoh before they crossed the Red Sea. Why would Moses want to wait until bring them to Rephidim and let them die of thirst? Miracles after miracles. You look at what foolish things they say. In fact, when not just say foolish things, when you're, you're not rested in your soul, your flesh takes over. You, we say foolish things. We even do foolish things. They were angry at Moses and they wanted to stone Moses, the Bible says, right? And not just you say and do foolish things when your soul is not rested, you begin to ignore even the presence and the leading of God. How do I know that? God has been leading them by the pillar of cloud and of fire ever since they, from Egypt, and gave them so many miracles. And what was the question they asked? Is the Lord among us or not? 
Can you, can you imagine you ask question like, is the Lord amongst us or not? When God was there with them, let them, in fact, verse 1 we read that tells us that God himself actually led them and to this resting place, but now they're questioning God. Is, is God with us or not? You see, friends, when you are not rested, when we are not rested, even when God is with us, you still can't feel actually God's presence with us because you're not rested in your soul. See, that's why I, one of uh, my favorite psalms is Psalm 91. It says here, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Wait a minute. Dwells in the shelter of the Most High. That is our part. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High, that means we live. Dwells means you live, you stay in the shelter, in the presence, in the family of the Most High, in the house of God, in, the, in a very uh, protection and a covering of God, the pillar of cloud. Remember I say, you will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That is God's part. He will do, He will give us that rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. You know, when you are rested, you can actually trust God. You see, listen, in, during last year, the first MCO, I preached on a sermon on the first MCO sermon, in the cave, but never cave in. That was about David was being chased by King Saul. Uh, King Saul wanted to kill him, so David hid in cave Adullam. 400 men came to him. Now, he was being chased by death, but he still can minister to 400 distressed uh, men and and in fact, he wrote beautiful psalm. He praised God even in his time of distress there. Why? Because he made that cave God's dwelling place. He dwelled in the presence of the Most High God. You see, church, we may be now homebound because of MCO. In that sense, like we are in a cave. But hey, you don't cave in. Be like David. See, people who are rested in the Lord will have no problem in trusting him and that is why david had no problem to trust god he was rested in the lord now i put a link of that sermon in the description box if you have not heard that sermon before can i encourage you very very powerful revelation from god and i hope that you'll be blessed by it in a cave but never cave in now come back to this text here you see we're going to compare a little bit now with moses right moses he was rested as compared to the israelites now how do, how do i know that you see when you are rested you can trust God and what would be your response? In verse 4 tells us that Moses cried out to the Lord. You see, they complained to Moses, but Moses cried out to the Lord. See, when you are truly rested in the Lord, you will usually respond in prayer when you face difficult situations. You don't respond in complaints, but you respond in prayers when you face these difficult situations when you are truly rested in the Lord. See, that's why church, don't cry over your problems, but cry out to God in your problems. Can I say that again? Don't cry over your problems. You, you can't do anything, can't help it, but hey, cry out to God in your problems. That's why Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest for your souls. Matthew 11, I will give you rest for your souls. You see, when our souls are rested, 
Wow, what does it mean come to Jesus? It means you cry out to God in your problems. You see, so why are there even quarrels like the Israelites quarrel with Moses, right? Why are there quarrels even in our families, in our offices, in our church? Why? Because our souls are not rested, right? So ask God to give us that rest. You want to win the battles? The first thing the Lord wanted the Israelites to learn is to first be rested in the Lord. You know, uh, and recently she had um, tooth decay, right? One of her tooth is having problem. And she has never seen a dentist like, she can't even remember when was the last time seeing a dentist. And one of those reasons, of course, is the fear of dentists. Well, I know some people not fear of dentists, but anybody here, let's be honest, you are afraid of seeing a dentist, all right? Please tell me in the chat box. Um, they are just people who are afraid, really, really afraid. The thing about dentists is like, no way, you know, it's like over my dead body kind of a thing, you know? So, and because of that, it really affects her, her soul. It really troubles her a lot that the tooth is not doing well, and it really makes her force her, you know, do I really need to go through this? Do I really need to go and see a dentist? You know, God, why not you? You know, things like that. And so how she overcome that distress, really that fear. I know some people don't understand the kind of fear that some people have when they think about seeing a dentist. I mean, it's like, really, it's almost like telling them to die. You know I'm saying? So, and so what she has been doing in the past uh, week, she has been praying like in tongues for one hour every day. And she began to engage in that. God gave her that restedness in her soul that she has now do not have that fear to see the dentist anymore. So she made an apartment in a few days' time, she's going to see the dentist. Uh, in fact, no, today, she's going to see the dentist. No, they open on Sunday. And um, yeah, so when you really rested in the Lord, you can trust Him and you will find that, that peace, that rest and not fear that overwhelms you. How do you win your spiritual battles? God's out of war. You're rested. Not frantically finding solution, but you're rested in the Lord. That's number one. Number two, you resist with intercession. Resist with intercession. The word resist here means contend, means or combat or fight with intercession. In verse 9, Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of your, our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. You see, Moses lifted his hands and his staff. And, and that in the Bible talks a lot about lifted hands, uh, actually a posture of praying, of even worship and intercession. See, Moses didn't just send the troops, Joshua and the, and the some men, but he went up to the mountain to intercede. You see, friends, when you are rested in the Lord, you won't freak out. You won't like, I mean, you didn't, Moses, didn't see Moses like freak out or say, oh, what is this God, another problem again? No, it didn't, it didn't happen like that. And not just that, when you're rested, you will know exactly what to do. Moses knew exactly what he needed to do Immediately, the Amalekites came. Immediately, he told Joshua, choose a man, go up. I will go up to the mountain. I will intercede. And 
you, you won't just fight with your hands, but you will know how to fight on your knees. When you're rested in the Lord, you will know how to resist with intercession. And now what he told, I want you to pay attention to this, all right? He told Joshua, choose some men. He said, choose some men. Notice that it's some. It's not a huge army, actually. If you look at the, the original text of it, it's just a small number of um, people. And I want you to pay, uh, take note is that this is the first time Joshua ever fought a battle, ever since Egypt, right? He was just an amateur in fighting battles. And can you imagine Moses told him, you just pick some men, it's like not any, like he didn't even say special skill, just, just choose some men, that's it. Like, chincha, chincha, anything also can, almost like that, you know. And you send who? Joshua, no experience in, in battle. With Amalekites, they are fighters. These guys are really living in a desert. They are fighters. They are tough guys. So the question is, how are they going to win? Right? You see, friends? All right, we win spiritual battles not by the size of our resources, nor by the years of our experiences, but by the invitation for God's intervention through our intercession. Can I repeat that one more time for you? All right, listen to this carefully. We win spiritual battles not by the size of our resources, the people, the finance, whatever we have, nor by the years of experiences we have, but by the invitation for God's intervention in our situation. How do you do that? Through our intercessions. You see, Joshua and the Israelites, they were winning when Moses' hands and the staff were raised. But when he grew tired, Moses' hand grew tired, he let down his hands. Of course, the staff also let down. Joshua and the Israelites army were losing. You see, friends, the key to victory was the intercession. You realize that? If Moses didn't go up to the mountain to intercede. No way for Joshua and the army to win. So the key for that victory was the intercession. So the question is, how are we going to fight the crisis that we are facing now? Maybe the COVID, our career, our finances. I don't know what you're going through, church. What kind of a crisis you're going through? How do you fight this kind of a battle? It's not based on the resources you have or how intelligent you are, or how many years of experiences you have, but you fight this battle by inviting God's intervention through your intercession. Amen? You see, in verse 15 uh, to 16, Moses, after that, he built an altar, all right? We read that, and he called that, uh, altar the, by the name of the Lord is my banner, which is where we get the word Jehovah Nissi. The name of God, one of his name is Jehovah Nissi, which means the Lord is my banner. And he said, because hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord. You see, it's a praying posture. When we raise our hands, means when we come to God in that posture of raising hands, is what do you raise? It means you surrender, right? When you surrender, how you raise your hands, right? And also, it's a portion of intercession. It means you're telling God, we can't, but God, you can. You are the one who's going to send your army to fight on our behalf. Lord, you can. You stretch out your miracles, powerful hand, and intervene in our situation. That's the posture when you raise your hands. And not just that, he did not just raise his hand alone, but he raised also the staff of God, 
which is, means he's raising a banner. And that is why he named that place, built an altar. He says, the Lord is my banner, Jehovah Nissi. Now, why I want you to pay attention to this is, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner. This is not just any ordinary kind of prayer for Moses here. It is an intentional intercession. What is intentional intercession is this number one, is when we intercede, we are raising the staff of God, which is the banner of God, the staff of God, because the Lord is my banner. is referring to that staff that he raised up. The Lord is my banner, Jehovah Nissi. The word Nissi comes from the word um, uh, Ness, all right? And in Hebrew, Ness means banner, means flag, means a standard has a rallying point, like a, like a pole. Those times, you do not really have a cloth kind of a flag, you know, when um, in battles, they, they fly their flags, um, raise a pole, you know. So in um, the times of Moses' time, they may not have that flag thing, but it's that pole, that staff, that stick that he raised up, it becomes like, like a banner, like a standard of, as a rallying point. You see, this, this whole idea of raising that banner, raising a flag, it was to give the, the soldiers, their, their team, their army, a feeling of hope and a focal point. You watch movies before, they raise a flag. So the moment they raise a flag, you see, um, they're like charge. And if the flags are down, means they're losing, they're lost. If the flags are up, means they're winning, you see. So that's why when the flags are raised, when a banner is raised, means it's victory, means they are winning. You see, friends, when we intercede, we are actually raising up the banner of God. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is our banner. We are raising that up. And by doing that, we are inviting God's intervention in our situation. You see, God could have just sent angels and defeat the Amalekites. But He wanted us to get involved in intercession. He could have just let Joshua give Joshua and uh, Amalek, I mean the Israelites' army the power to just defeat the Amalekites. You could have done that, right, God? But no, God wants us also to get involved in intercession. And that is God's art of war. That is God's strategy to win spiritual battles, that we take on the posture of intercession. Secondly, when we intercede, we are fixing our eyes on Christ. You see, the staff of God, is actually a symbol, a mirror to the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is it Moses went up to the Mount uh, Horeb, Mount Sinai, which is called the Mountain of God. That's where he uh, had the burning bush experience, and that's where the mountain also God will give um, him the the Torah, which is coming. We will be reading that the law, and so you see, if it's all about just raising the staff, praying intercession. He could have done it anyway. Good. Why did he need to climb up the mountain of Horeb? It takes effort, by the way, to climb up to the mountain. Why is that so? Why a mountain? It takes effort. Intercession takes effort. Can I say it one more time? Intercession. You want to win the spiritual battles? You need to learn to make effort to intercede. And so why he went up to the mountain of God? There's a reason to it, you see. So that when he is up on the mountain, when he raises that staff, Joshua, in the, when he was fighting in the valley, they could see the staff of God. They could see the staff of God being raised up because Joshua 
he had experienced since Egypt the power of this staff of God. He knows there is power of this staff of God. There is a semangat, there is a I mean, powerful encouragement, like a focal point. He's raising that flag, that banner, like a focal point. He knows that when it's raised up, they will win. The semangat is there. And so for us today, the staff of God is the cross, the wood, the cross of Christ. And so when we raise the banner, we intercede, we raise that staff of God, it means that we are keeping our eyes on the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen to that? Why we must intercede? Why we must take on that posture of praying and intercession? Because when we do that, we are keeping our eyes on the cross of Jesus Christ, fixing our eyes on Him. You see, 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 15, 57, I love this. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory. How do we get a victory? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. See, the Lord wants to give us victory today in Christ Jesus. Would you like that, church? You like that, say amen to that. You need to learn also to intercede for your children, church, for our next generation. You know, Moses, the spiritual father of Joshua, he went up on a mountain, he interceded for the next generation, Joshua. You know, how, why our young people are losing? Why our young people are falling? Why? It's because as fathers and mothers, you know, as those who are seniors, we have to take on that posture, that place of intercession for our children, your own children, for our spiritual children in the church. This is so important, friends. In fact, for our students right now, I believe that, you know, seriously, because of this pandemic, the MCO, many of our students are affected even in their studies. I know of even university students are like, caving in because it's so challenging and difficult even to study online. I understand you on that. And so, for those of us who are more senior, young working adults, you are like a Moses to our students. Will you get one or two, maybe, contact them, reach out to them and say, I'm interceding for you. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a Moses to you, my Joshua. Will you do that? Because all of us must be a Moses to a Joshua. And all of us must be a Joshua to a Moses, you see? And so I want to share with you like an example, a testimony. Uh, some years back, there was a couple uh, which, um, after I preached in the church, they became a um, believers because of they responded to the auto call and they gave their life to Jesus as husband and wife. And so they shared to me that they, they were very troubled that their daughter, a teenager, has been really, really rebellious and then uh, she moved out from the house, mixed around with the wrong people, clubbing, smoking, you name it. I mean, it's just really, really going uh, off. And so they've been very, very concerned. And so uh, during that period of time, they're being discipled. And I encourage them. I say, you got to intercede. Let me, let me intercede with you as well. I say, you got to pray for your daughter and she will return one day. We believe that. And so... They've been interceding and interceding, becoming a Moses to their own daughter. And just a couple of years after that, praise the Lord. One day, all of a sudden, the daughter just came back and walked in while they were having dinner. She walked in, she joined the dinner, and they begin to connect it back. She began to uh, really repent of her, her whatever that she has done wrong. 
and cut long story short they restored the the whole family were healed and all of a sudden just like that and then she came to know the lord her savior wow the whole family just just been healed of that relationship praise the lord for that why because they never give in in interceding tired yes but they keep their hands up until the daughter returned to them what are your Amalekites that you are fighting now what, what, what are we going to do now in fact whatever they have, we are experiencing in our nation with the whole crisis what are you going to do intercede church intercede God's art of war to win our spiritual battles this is spiritual battle friends is we must take on the posture of intercession amen and the third um, way how do we win our battles is we've got to raise up God's banner together raising up God's banner together verse 12 when Moses hands grew tired they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it Aaron and her held his hands up on one side on the other so that his hands remained steady till sunset you know church we can grow weary and tired to be honest sometimes i do feel weary and tired even uh, in praying anybody feel the same like me i mean maybe i'm just maybe you're, you're stronger than me but let's be honest we we can grow weary and tired like moses if it happens to moses it can happen to any one of us right and uh, we feel like sometimes giving up sometimes you don't have the urge even to pray or to intercede sometimes you even feel like being indifferent you know, friends, when we are truly rested, not just you freak out like Moses, he was not freaked out, not just you will know exactly what you're supposed to do, but you will never give up even though physically you're tired like Moses, but spiritually he was strong. You know, you know, friends, we can't do it ourselves when it comes to intercession. We need to support one another and uh, thank God for Aaron, thank God for her. If not Aaron and her there, I don't know what would happen. You see, we were not meant to DIY when it comes to intercession. Aaron and her, they were as important as Moses during that intercession up on Mount Horeb. You know, if they were not there, I mean, in fact, imagine for a moment if Aaron and her were busy fighting with Moses for that position why why are you the one that god chose you to be the one that you know lead and things like that and during that time see when your hands are busy fighting each other you will have no time to keep your hands up in intercession and that's i want to encourage you church why 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 are our young people why are people losing you don't blame them sometimes you've got to blame even our own self leadership fights in a church parents fight in fights in the home and now we wonder why we are losing our next generation because we're supposed to be busy lifting up our hands to intercede for them and not busy fighting each other right so can i encourage you church whether you're moses you're aaron you're her all three are as important we got to come together to um, raise that banner that banner you got to raise up together you know for me i appreciate truly you know if i would be the your moses i appreciate if you can become an aaron or her to me 
Together we raise up Jehovah Nissi. Together we raise up the Lord is our banner. Together, like this name, the Lord is my banner will be from generation to generation. Like what we read earlier. You see, God revealed his name, or rather revealed himself through his name, by his name. In this case, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is our banner. He will fight for us. We lift up, you know, that banner. You see, the people of God in the Bible, usually they call on the name of the Lord for peace, Jehovah Shalom example, for deliverance, for victory, for encouragement, for safety, um, for protection, for provision, Jehovah Yireh, for power, and etc. Why? Because they understood for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There is a powerful thing, you know, when we raise that banner, we, Jehovah Nisi, we call on the name of the Lord. You know, when I was preparing this sermon, the Lord just spoke to me this. I'm going to do a call to action as I close here. Um, we have, like two weeks ago, we read, uh, we learned about Jehovah Rapha. There was another name of God, the Lord, our healer. And here God, immediately two weeks, two chapters after that, God revealed himself as Jehovah Nisi and so on and so forth. And the Lord just said this to me. Uh, Daniel, remember this. Those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I want you to lead the church today. And the Lord spoke to me to lead the church, all of us, into really praying the names and the attributes of God, proclaiming this power in, in God's name over our lives. So what I've done is that I have uh, picked 30 names, as the Lord revealed to me as I pray, and attributes of God and put it into a 30-day, one-month uh, prayer journey, which I'm going to share with you um, that whole th uh, thing I've written down for you. In PDF, you can, you can take it. And can I encourage you in the month of June, beginning on the 1st of June, every day, one name. One day, one name, and there will be scriptures for you to read, meditate. Let's get to know God by His name. Let's learn to call upon the name of God. There is power in His name. Jesus said, ask of me anything in my name, I will answer, Jesus said. You know, let's do that. Can I encourage you? One day in name and, and read the text and, and pray the names. I call it the 30 days of praying the names and the attributes of God. And if you can, find your Aaron and your her praying together with you, intercession together with you. Don't do it alone, all right, together. And so, and then on uh, the 9th onwards, 9th is a, uh, on, during our Wednesday we pray. Um, what I'm going to do is that for three consecutive weeks, 9, 16, 23rd of June, uh, Wednesdays, I'm going to teach uh, some of these more significant uh, names so that we can understand deeper. And on that night, we will also pray with these names together. All right? So we, we, we put it into practical practice, all right? So I'm, I want to help you to know God's name, know His character. See, our faith is anchored in God's names, His character, and His promises comes with His names. Amen? All right. So, yeah, how do we win our spiritual battles? First of all, we've got to be rested in the Lord, yes. Secondly, we've um, got to resist through intercessions. And thirdly, how do we win our spiritual battles is that we've got to learn to raise up God's banner together. All right? Can do it alone together. So, what are your Amalekites? I don't know what are your Amalekites that you're going through. It could be your studies, it could be your job, 
it could be your finances it could be your family situation I don't know, it could be your children, it could be crisis like that you're going through. Those are your Amalekites that you are fighting uh, to protect your people, your family. I don't know. It could be your own flesh too, friends. I don't know what are your Amalekites, but I can assure you that God will give you the victory, that you will win your spiritual battles when you learn to be rested in Him, when you learn to resist through intercessions, Keep your eyes upon Him, raise up the banner. And when you raise up the banner, not alone, but raise it up together. Don't, don't be alone up on that mountain. Sometimes you do, right? That's why easily you feel tired and weary and giving up. Alright? Maybe you're fighting a losing battle, you feel. Maybe because you don't have a Moses in your life to intercede for you. That's why you're fighting a losing battle. But you'll find your Moses so that you can have a covering, spiritual covering. Some of you maybe don't even have a local church. That's why you don't have a spiritual covering from a Moses, a spiritual father. Would you like to be a Joshua? In fact, place yourself under that spiritual fathering of Moses. And maybe throughout these 30 days, can I encourage you, be an Aaron and her to Moses. Can we be an Aaron? or her to a Moses. Go, find together in the 30 days, journey together. And I believe that you will experience victory, winning your spiritual battles, including praying for our nations as well. Amen? Amen? So let's really proclaim God's name, claim God's promises, and the power uh, through His names as we gonna win our spiritual battles. Raising up Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Yireh. Amen? Amen to that? Come on, come on, let's give the Lord praises. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes, even as, you, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to bow your heads right now, even as you go through that. You're going to make commitment even the next 30 days, you know, bring your, um, uh, as you face your Amalekites. Come, let's do that. We're going to win this spiritual battle. You say, Pastor, I want to win my spiritual battles. Yes, come, let's going to learn to respond to God's art of war, how to win our spiritual battles. Hallelujah. Come on, let's raise your voices and worship the Lord with this song right now. What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus.
Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of God. We raise up this banner right now. I want to speak to your church right now in Jesus' name. There's some of you here, you're going through a certain crisis, especially in a career. I speak in Jesus' name right now. There is power in the name of God that Jehovah Nissi will be present with you. Jehovah Yireh will provide for you. And where you learn to intercede, raise up that banner. You're going to see the victory will come. In Jesus' name, I want to pray that Jehovah Rapha will come into your life to heal you of your soul and of your body sicknesses and I proclaim healing over you right now, church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You receive this. Hallelujah. Yes. Come on, lift your voices one more time. There is power. Yes, powerful name of Jesus. Come on, let's sing it. living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we receive this. We receive your word this morning and we apply it in our lives. And I believe, God, that many of us will really experience breakthroughs, victories, winning over our spiritual battles in the days ahead of us. Especially right now, I want to pray before you, uh, bring before you our nation. Truly want to pray that you will grant us victory over this battle that we are fighting. We want to stand in a gap right now, Lord, on behalf of our land. Stand in a gap between the living and the dead. We want to claim God, life, come back to our nation. We speak life, we proclaim life into our nation. Jesus, you are alive. Light of the world, light from Malaysia right now, we proclaim over our nation right now. And so we raise up this banner, even as we intercede. We believe God, there will be changes, there will be healing, Jehovah Rapha will heal. Lord, there will be victories even over uh, this crisis that we are facing right now. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We receive all this by faith. And I proclaim truly, Lord, victory over every spiritual battles, over your church right now, over you right now, church. Receive it for you, for your family, for your career. Say thank you, Jesus. Give the Lord thanks, come on. Thank Him right now. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank Him right now. Say thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank Him. 
Hallelujah. We receive this by faith. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody who believes, say, Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise. A big praise. Hallelujah. Proclaim it. Proclaim it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to Live Podcast. We hope that you will be challenged by this message and you will share it with your friends, family member and co-worker. We hope you have a great day. God bless you.